welcome to the farm. Today's interview is via Microsoft Zoom and it is an interview with Britt Whiteley, my old uh, school bus friend. So we'll be sitting down and having a chat about how she negotiated COVID, running a property by herself with her daughter while her husband was working away. Yeah, so join us and we'll see you in the interview. And to tell me a little bit about you, your family and your story. How did you get to where you are now? Perfect. Okay, so I'm Brittany and um, we recently moved to a station in the Pilbara of WA. Um, basically, my partner and I met at Sydney show showing cows, um, which is like the typical love story in this scenario, I think. Um, <laughs> so yeah, basically uh, we've been together for five years. I worked in his family butcher shop for a few years as an apprentice butcher. Uh, we moved to a, a farm in Casino where we had our um, stud Paul Herefords, uh, well, his stud Paul Herefords, my stud Shorthorns. Um, and then we, yeah, basically we moved over here after he'd done a few years contracting. Perfect. And what was uh, your type, your setup at Lismore? And when did your daughter join you? Uh, so basically we moved right at the beginning of COVID. So March 2020, I think that was. Um, we, yeah, we kind of jumped across the border like crazy people when all the border closures and everything was happening. Um, and yeah, then my daughter was born on the 11th of April. So we were only there for three weeks before she was born. Um, and then, yeah, we had cattle arriving and coming and going and everything. And like the day I came home from hospital, bulls were arriving and it was all happening. It was a very busy time. But yeah, we we were down there on 150 acres, uh, you know, relatively small in comparison to other people. But yeah, with our the stud pole Herefords came down from Queensland and yeah, we were there through the whole of COVID and the flooding and everything like that. So it was a pretty crazy time. But um, yeah, it was a, a really beautiful part of the world. So when you were there, um, tell me a little bit about your daily, like your daily routines and jobs and what the setup was between yourself and your partner. So basically when we first moved there, um, my partner was, was obviously with me. We both worked full time on the farm. There was a lot of maintenance to be done because we just recently, um, his parents just recently purchased the property. So it was um, a, an old dairy farm before we moved there. So there was not very much fencing. There wasn't very much infrastructure for cattle. It was pretty, very basic. So um, I was busy being mum and recovering from C-section while my partner did a lot of fencing, uh, a lot of the hard yards, basically. Um, and then th just after my daughter's first birthday, uh, he moved over here to the Pilbara to do a full season. And I then overtook the role of running that property while he was away. So, yeah, it was yeah. a it was a big, a really big change. Um, I'd never sort of been left alone on a property to have everything sort of under my control, as you could say. It was very um, hectic, especially with a one-year-old, but um, a, a really formative part of my life, I would say, a very yeah, <laughs> very character-building. <laughs> so while Lachlan was away, what were the main jobs and routine that you and Tess sort of did to start with to try and find your feet in 
being on the place by yourself? Well, I think the first thing I actually did was I started my TikTok to be able to get everything off my chest a bit because I was kind of terrified. Um, I, yeah, we pretty much, we had bulls on feed for, for various different bull sales. So basically our daily routine was, yeah, feeding bulls and moving bull pens. And uh, at the time we were just about to start calving as well. So we had a lot of cows to watch. Um, and then once we started calving, it was every day, get up, tag calves and yeah, and, and bring Tessa along with me while I was doing it. So yeah, that's kind of when I started videoing everything while I was by myself to almost feel like I had someone to talk to kind of like get it off my chest while I was going through all this with a, a toddler and my partner was quite often not in reception over here um, during mustering and that. So it was like, yeah, it was a amazing and it was difficult, but it was an amazing time to be able to get all that done with the baby. Yeah. And so were you a baby carrier or was um, Tess in a, in a pram? Uh, so I did wear a baby carrier a lot when she was small. Uh, when she got a bit heavier, it was quite difficult for me because I'm not a very big person. So I did struggle with that. But uh, she actually had her own car seat set up in our side-by-side -side, um, gator. So quite often she was hanging out in that while I was tagging or yeah, doing the sort of more hands-on jobs so that she was out of harm's way. But um, yeah, it it was, she did spend a lot of time sitting in the gator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and was she happy sitting in there most of the time or did you have to adapt any tips or tricks to be able to keep her settled? She was pretty happy most of the time. I mean, right after she turned one, I did get Lemon, the sausage dog puppy. So she did have a puppy on her lap 90% of the time. Um, and then we had other dogs as well that would sit in the back. So she was rear facing and watching them while I was running around with cows or, or I would, you know, park the pram on the outside of the yards and do the yard work. And she was always happy to just watch and hang out. And yeah. And then of course, always had lemon sitting on her lap. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what was the chain of events that led to you moving um, to be with Lachlan on the, in the Pilbara and what did moving look like? So basically, um, he did two full seasons over here, which is anywhere between four to five months. I think the first year was four months and then and then uh, last year was, uh, yeah, five, nearly six months. Uh, so basically, the station that we work on now, Ethel Creek Station, had offered Lockie a, a full-time permanent position here um, rather than just doing the seasons. So that was pretty... Um, we didn't really think too hard about it, to be honest. I came and had a holiday here for two weeks and halfway through the holiday, I said, let's move there forever. <laughs> like I was really excited to come up here. So yeah, once once Lockie was fortunate enough to be offered the job, we decided to move. Uh, basically, we packed up everything we could into a horse float and a trailer. Uh, and then we pretty much had... So before you started working on the place at Lismore, is there anything that you wish that you knew beforehand in hindsight that would have helped yourself or would have helped others in the same situation? Um, for me, even though we weren't in an isolated area, probably 
how isolating it would be to be on a farm with a baby. Um, I, this is probably getting a little bit deep, but I really struggled with the transition into motherhood. I did not enjoy the newborn baby stage at all. Two-year-old Tessa is, love that. She, you know, but newborn stage for me was really, I found it really, really difficult. Um, and yeah, probably just, I mean, I'm sure someone did tell me and I've just forgotten, but about like, you know, moving into uh, a property, a baby, motherhood and everything like that all in one go was really quite hard for me. So I think just being prepared for children and farming at the same time <laughs> was, yeah, I, I struggled to transition into that. And I think that a bit of a heads up for that would have been good, but I'm sure someone did tell me and I just wasn't listening. <laughs> so was there anything in particular that you did or, or changed to be able to cope with that and to help? you know, yourself with the transition eventually when you started to find your feeding, what was, what did that look like? I think part of the issue with that for me was it was right at the beginning of COVID. So there was no, you literally couldn't go and do anything. So my reach out was social media for me. Like I, I'm very comfortable with that whole space. So for me, it was, deciding okay well I'm going to start making a day in the life video and obviously I had purpose on the property like I had a purpose to get up and do all these things but sharing it with other people for me was really helpful and like sharing all the good bits and all the really awful bits as well like just yeah just sharing the lifestyle for me it really helped me sort of you know feel like I was doing a bit more I guess <laughs> Yeah, no, that's really good. I'm glad you were able to have that outlet, particularly, yeah, as you said, during COVID, that's hard. It's, I mean, it's hard enough yeah. as it is to have that on top. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find the transition of being where you are now? Um, I probably feel way more at home here than I ever did in casino, which is so bizarre to me because I've, you know, I've always grown up on really small properties. I've never been you know this is my second time being at a station and now I live here so um but I absolutely love it here I, I literally feel so at home um probably the biggest transition here for me is the obvious one of having to drive here that was the most insane with you know eight days we did it you know I think it was 14,000 uh, or 4,500 kilometers or something like it was just an insane amount of um, distance but yeah that for me was probably the most difficult thing was moving across the country like the transition from being right near my family to now you know we have to catch an airplane to visit each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> and how are the logistics getting tests um to where you are now so while you were moving and settling in she was with your parents that's correct yeah so we um we made the decision that tessa would go and stay with my dad while we were organizing to move so she actually left with my dad the week before we started driving uh that way we had sort of the last week to get the last things tidied up in the house and get the property ready um for because uh, someone came to lease the property so um Lockie's family still owns it 
uh, we've just they've leased it out now so that you know there's cattle on it and stuff um, and yeah so we did that then we drove over here me Lockie and Lockie's dad um, and 13 dogs and then uh, Tessa flew over the week after so we had most of the house unpacked um, yeah it was a really good decision to make I think I don't think I would have survived driving across with a with a two-year-old would have probably yeah. killed me <laughs> probably not the easiest <laughs> yeah no it definitely would not have been very easy what advice would you have for a mum or for someone who's moving to a, either a farm or a station for their very first time any enlightening tips that you think would help them with their transition or those lifestyle um do, i guess for me I'm a bit of a overthinker. So my car has like a lot of emergency supplies in it. Um, you know, making sure that whatever you do, you always cut water with you and have a shovel in your car for when you get bogged, because that happened to me the other day and my shovel saved, saved the day. Um, just little things like that, just to help make your life a lot easier. Like, you know, be prepared for literally any situation have have a nappy bag in every car yep. like every single vehicle you have access to just hide a nappy bag in there. <laughs> uh yeah it's just little things like that just i guess the main tip is preparedness try not to try not to make your life any harder than it has to be and yeah just be prepared for literally anything it's it's an amazing very crazy lifestyle out here but it's yeah it's pretty incredible. <laughs> what are your, say, top 10 items for your emergency kit? What have you got in there? Uh, so in my car, I actually have a rural first aid kit. It's called a rural um, remote area first aid kit. So it's quite big and a little bit excessive and I haven't had to use it, thankfully. Um, so yeah, that I have also got emergency food in my car um which did come in handy the other day when i was bogged for over an hour without anyone so um i also have one of the massive um gallon yeti bottles in my car so that's four liters of water um a shovel i have a toiletries bag i've got pretty much anything you can think of in there um i've got an extra uhf radio because obviously on a station the whole place runs on uhf um what else do i have i've got fire lighters i've got uh like actual just their cigarette lighters but i've got a full box of those in there like a 30 pack or something um what else i've got rope i've got like just pretty much anything you can think of actually but yeah i think for me the most important thing yeah the, the most important thing for me was to have the first aid kit um and just the emergency food and water in case we get stuck for, you know, a long period of time, which hopefully will never happen to me. But if it does, I know that it's there. <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, our, our property at Lismore, I didn't have any of that stuff because I could just walk back to the house, right? Like it's only 100 and 150 acres, you know, you can just walk back home. It's not a huge deal. Um, but out here, I, yeah, kind of over, I did overthink a little bit, but you know, I think it's, I haven't, <laughs> yeah, I haven't needed, I mean, I needed the food to keep Tessa quiet so I could dig myself out of a bog, but 
that was the only reason I needed it. <laughs> and do you have a similar setup uh, with Tessa now being on the station? She still comes with you everywhere you go? Yeah, so um, the station does have a governess, which is that's where Tessa is right now. Um, thankfully that she's come over to take her, otherwise she would be right here with me. Um, yeah, so with Lockie away quite often, I just got really accustomed to having Tessa with me 24-7, um, which I mean, most mums have that anyway, but, you know, on the farm and doing jobs and everything, yeah, I still bring her everywhere that I'm I, that I am on the station too yeah and you mentioned that you're heading into the stock camp when it dries back up again um because you've just had a fair bit of rain so what will yeah. that look what will your role be there and and how will Tessa come with you um so on the stock camp because I've not actually been on one as an employed you know I came here for a holiday and I kind of flitted around on a holiday um so basically i will have my own vehicle uh, a station vehicle that i'll go out with the the boys mustering and pretty much Lockie will be my boss so he will just tell me what to do <laughs> which will be fine but yeah tessa will come with us so we actually have three car seats at the moment one that goes uh in my personal car one in Lockie's work ute and one in the other work vehicle. So she just kind of floats around with whoever's, yeah, whoever has her and, and comes with us, yeah. Hopefully it will dry out soon enough to be able to drive around without getting bogged. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that. <laughs> no more rains predicted recently? Uh, we did just have the cyclone further north of us. Uh, we didn't get anything from the cyclone. I, I make it sound like a terrible thing that it's wet. I'm just sick of the wet from living in Lismore and the floods. Everyone here is absolutely over the moon about it. And it is amazing that, like, the feed and the colours and just, yeah, the it's incredible out here at the moment with all this rain. All the flowers which will start coming out. Yes. Yeah, the flowers have started. I've, I've actually I put some on my table yesterday because they've just started to come out. So it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. So my next question was all about um, the adaptation uh, for when Tess, you know, comes out with you. So is there any yeah. items that you wouldn't leave the house without when you're bringing Tess? Um, we do take a, so we have obviously the, I said the nappy bag, and then we do have a bag of toys that we take with us as well. So they're all like tractors, trucks, anything that can get in the dirt and the mud and little toy animals and stuff because the station does have three other kids as well. Um, so they're five, seven and 10. And yeah, so we are very fortunate that Tessa has little people to play with as well. So we take toys with us so that she's, you know, always entertained, can play. Um, I, I actually don't have an iPad or anything like that for her at the moment. I am considering it now that we're going to be doing a lot of sort of long days mustering, like it's going to be quite boring for her. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we just take toys. We do take a couple of books that she likes to flick through. Um, she does do, we take, like I have music in my personal car that we take and she listens to. Um, but yeah, she is very much a bush kid. So she quite enjoys, uh, she's quite happy to sit and watch the, um, the cattle and the mustering and, 
you know, help dad chase cheeky bulls, as she says. She's really excited about that part. Um, but, yeah, so she, she is very much a bush kid. But basically, yeah, we just take a few toys and a nappy bag and away we go. And I'm very bit of a hard ass of a mum. I'm like, go play with sticks and rocks. You'll be okay. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, you'll be fine. Take this tractor and go play in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> and always lots of spare clothes because Tessa's like I just said plays in the mud and the yeah that's about that's about it with her she's pretty chill yeah no that's really really good my next question is about work-life balance so being at Lismore and particularly the times where you were there by yourself how did you achieve work-life balance or was it work? Did you find it was mostly work all the time? Um, when I was by myself at, at Lismore, it was definitely mostly work all the time. Um, I did, last year I did have a nine to five job for about six or seven months. Uh, Tessa was in daycare at that time. So that was really good for her to play with other kids and stuff. But it did mean that before nine and after five, I had a lot of work to do on the farm while Lockie was away. Um, the cows weren't there at the time, so that was a little easier. We just had bulls and horses and, you know, it wasn't too bad, but it still made it uh, nine to five at my day job and five to nine at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. While I'm here at the moment, because we haven't started any mustering or anything uh, there is a lot of life balance happening at the moment. I'm getting to do a lot more of life, not just work. Um, but, yeah, during the on-season, I'm sure that's going to change again to, you know. It's just at the moment, like with moving house and everything, I think the uh, station staff have been quite kind to me and not given me too much to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been uh, back painting yeah, I have. I started a, um, a weekly challenge uh, for myself. That's mostly just kind of for my mental health and to make sure that I keep going with my paintings. Um, yeah, so I called it the Pilbara Painting Challenge and I now set myself a challenge to paint one painting a week. So that's yeah. my little self-set mission to paint, yeah. Good. <laughs> so yeah, I have... I Pardon, sorry. How many weeks in are you? Uh, this week will be week six. Yeah, so I now have a huge pile of paintings sitting out under the carport trying to figure out where to hang them. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> really good. <laughs> yeah, I've been using, I haven't bought any canvas or anything. I've actually just been using things from the station tip. <laughs> so like old windmill blades, um, this week's painting is on an old milk can or something, like an old rusted can. So, like, yeah, just trying to think outside the square a little bit. Yeah. How did the flood affect you on your place at it, Lismore? And do you have any top tips for when it is really wet? How do you keep going on? How do you keep getting the jobs done? So um, prior to the flooding, we were really, really wet anyway. So we couldn't actually drive anywhere on the property for quite a long time. So that was really a bit stressful. Um, when it flooded, uh, the flood, we, we weren't actually anywhere near any body of water. Um, 
but we had this like little creek system that came from nowhere. It was just a little still body of water at the bottom of the farm. Um, and yeah, and anyway, we ended up with flowing water through most of the property and it was up halfway up the end assemblies of the fence. So halfway up a star picket, I guess. Um, yeah, flowing through the whole property. So we actually, Lockie moved cows with a kayak because we couldn't do it any other way. Um, yeah, and when we shifted cows into our backyard, we had cows in our driveway, like they were just standing in my veggie garden. They were everywhere because it was just too wet. Um, pretty much my, I got really, really quite depressed after the being bogged in mud 24 seven was a really crazy time. Um, which is difficult to say after dealing with the 2019 drought as well in Queensland. Um, it's hard to believe that you could get sad about it being so wet, but it was really awful. Like the cattle were, you know, up to their belly in mud for quite a while. It was really awful. Um, we ended up, Lockie's parents ended up sending the cattle to, back to Queensland um, to get them out of the mud. Um, pretty much my, my biggest tip of that is don't drive anywhere because you will get bogged. <laughs> I was, I was terrible for that. I used to be like, I'll be fine. Yeah, and always got bogged. Um, it, I guess for me, it was trying to see the good side of the fact it had rained. Um, but also try not to get too down about the fact everything was covered in mud. Like just anything you owned was muddy. Shoes, clothes, children, they were all muddy. Everything was covered in mud. Um, I guess, yeah, I, the, uh, we were really fortunate. The floods barely affected us. Like the property was wet as, but we didn't lose any cattle. We didn't lose any belongings. Everything was perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, we helped my mother clean out her house from the flood and she was on a two story house and the water was halfway up the second story. So that puts him into perspective how lucky we were. Uh, yeah, I guess it was just trying to stay positive working through that. The job's took a lot longer and you had to walk there to do them. So that kind of sucked. But I mean, we got, we got there in the end and I, thankfully it's not as bad now. It's very good over there at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you feel um, that the community banded together and that helped as well? I think um, there, there is a, a new uh, short film that's just come out about Lismore called the Tinny something about the Tinny people or something about all the boats that rescued everyone. I think uh, really for that situation, it was the community that that really got everything done. Um, I don't often get into politics or anything, but it took a long time for the government to really get any sort of oomph behind them to help out in that. So that was pretty uh, terrible. But, uh, yeah, we basically we... Um, we helped mum move her house out and everything, but for our, our own property, really we only had to prop up some fence posts and that was it. So, um, but yeah, I know that Blaze Aid uh, stayed for quite a long time in casino um, doing fences and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, 
like up to the point where they were there for the 12 month mark, there was still people there, you know, last month building fences and helping people out. So that was really amazing. My dad went over and, and helped as well with the blaze aid effort. Yeah. And he would just send like insane photos through like yeah. silage bales and hay bales up in like the top of gum trees that shouldn't have been there. And um, yeah, it was, it was like that, like, you know, seeing, we didn't see any of them, but like seeing cows standing on the roof of like, you know, mitre tan and bunnings and stuff. Like it was crazy. Well, that comes to the end of my official questions. So <laughs> did you have um, anything else that you um, had written down that you wanted to mention or discuss or anything that you think is really important for someone who, you know, is moving to the farm for the first time because it's massive? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Like, I mean, well, you you obviously know where I lived in Orange at Kangaroo So, like, I grew up on a really small property, but it wasn't, a working property you know like it was just horses cows hobby farm um i think especially when it comes to being a mum as well take in all the little things because they're what add up to the big things in the end yeah so, like all those little moments is what really is gonna make the big moments worth it um like there's a saying with the with the cows that the ribbon isn't actually one when you're in the ring it's one at home it's yeah. the same thing with the farm like any success is you know it comes from all the hard work you do before and <laughs> the two three years beforehand <laughs> yeah yeah all those years before where you were crying yourself to sleep yeah they're the ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah with the stud bulls were you um breaking in the bulls for the showing or was that sort of when Lockie was home as well he'd give you a hand um so after Tessa was born and when we moved to Casino, we only did the unled pen shows after that. Um, we did have, we did still have a lot of broken in um, cattle, you know, older cattle, but um, yeah, we, we just mostly did like Glen Innes bull sale and the Casino All Breeds bull sale, their pen shows. And that was more of a make life easier on Brittany, I think. <laughs> I'm glad they were able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that came down to. Let's just make life a bit easier for Brittany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did have a conversation at dinner the other night. I was like, right, so now that Tess is old enough, can I get some steers to break in? <laughs> and how did Everyone's that go? Thinking, oh God. Um, yeah, I think pretty well. Uh, yeah, the manager was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'm keen. <laughs> I need to get back into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, they have given me, they've given me the station house cow to milk. So that's what I've been doing every day. But that's, that's my only job here at the moment, milk the cow. <laughs> had you done that beforehand? No, no. So I, um, I'd always wanted one. I was always wanting a house cow. And then um, once we moved to the station, they were like, oh, there's one over there. And I was like, oh, woohoo. So off I went and milked my cow. Yeah. Perfect. Did you do any research beforehand or you were like, come on, let's do this? <laughs> yeah, I just like she was already broken in and stuff. So I just tied her up and started milking her and was like, oh, yeah, that this will do. <laughs> yeah, just Brit in her bucket. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly how it worked. Yeah. 
are they doing any processing of that milk at the moment or is it just used as raw milk? Um, I've made a couple of lots of cheese. I wouldn't call it successful yet. I'm still learning how that all works out. Um, Kate, the manager's wife, has made yogurt, ice cream. Um, what else? I think that's about it at the moment. Yogurt and ice cream. And I tried cheese. So we're, yeah. But I mean, with the station kitchen and everything, there's a lot of milk to be used. So at the moment, it's just, yeah. Between our house and the kitchen and Kate's house, we're pretty pretty much using all of it. <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect yeah. product. It's yummy. It's good. To, I'm glad you got a house cat. Yes, yes. Peaches. Her name is Peaches. Peaches. <laughs> yeah, peaches and cream. That's right. <laughs> That's really good. I'll have to get you to um, send me the, the link to you, your TikTok and to um, – does Lemon have a page? <laughs> no, Lemon doesn't have – Lemon is featured quite often on my TikTok though. But, yeah, yeah it's just – this is my um, farm <laughs> shit, Britain farm shit. That's my – when I was on the farm, it worked perfectly. Now I'm on a station and I'm like, oh. No, I can't really change it now. <laughs> <laughs> Same category, just bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And um, are you still painting under, was it Heather Ink? Heather's in Ink, yeah. So I still do all my paintings on that, like on Facebook and that. Um, I'll just, yeah, I, I think that's kind of stuck in the brains of many people now. So that'll be me for for the rest yep. of forever. Even though I, I'm trying to branch out and stop painting cows, I'm trying to get a bit more <laughs> exciting, but I always end up gravitating back to painting cows. <laughs> <laughs> they're what you love at heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're Well, they're in my skin. It says, yes. my name's Brittany, I like cows. So, Thank you for joining Brittany and I. As we discussed, you've married the farmer. Now what? So if you have enjoyed the interview, then please like and subscribe for more content and interviews on the same and similar topics. If you are interested in any of Brittany's artwork or her TikTok channel, I'll have those links in the description below. And we'll see you in our next video. Thank you.